Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Alexander. Alexander is a guest of mine, excuse me, a friend of mine from the Duckfeed Slack. He's also a huge Souls fan, so it was really great to finally get him on the microphone and be able to talk about his journey, which kind of goes all over the place and into some interesting territory. So I think this is going to be an episode that you very much enjoy. Thanks for listening, everybody. So I got started back in, I, I want to say, oh man, when did Demon Souls come out? I, I feel like I've basically just always been playing Souls games at this point. Do you know what I mean? Like, like 2009 <laughs> is when Demon Souls came out. So you're not, you're not wrong. Okay. It's been a decade. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been a Soulsman for a decade now because I, I bought that on release. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, you know, some people uh, imported that, uh, that, you know the the Asian uh, version of Demon Souls that had mm-hmm. the English voices. I didn't I didn't do that. I heard from those people though, who were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! This is a sea change," you know. And and uh, I I was I was very much at a point in my life at that point where like video games were were basically it. It was like video games and tabletop role playing, and you know that was much on <laughs> and so uh i i immediately went out to uh the closest store uh like the closest game stop and was like hey i want a copy of demon souls and they were like i'm sorry a copy of what <laughs> and <laughs> and, the, and and they like looked in their system for it and they were like uh uh, we only got one in, and we already sold it. We don't know what this is, but you know, somebody came through and and scooped it out like immediately. I was like, God damn it! All right, so I I I end up going across town, and I went to like two or three places before I finally found a place that was like, like uh, I I want to say not nerdy enough. Basically, like the neighborhood was was very like kind of preppy uh and they they still had one didn't know what to do with it and i was very happy to take it off their hands for them um <laughs> and so you know i went home and failed miserably utterly and completely miserably at it uh and uh you know i i didn't do the thing that that you hear people saying where they just bounced off i i just I, I I kept going. I just I never stopped going. There's there's something about uh, how I relate to these games that won't let me quit them. Um, and and so I'm I, I want to say I did Bulletarium Palace like for a week, like oh, just just the <laughs> yeah, because. Because there, all right. So when I start first started playing Souls, there was no extra life. There was no like YouTube guides. There, like I didn't know what I was doing, and there was nobody to tell me how to do it right. There was nothing. <laughs> like uh, I, I just had to like trial and error my way through that game, uh, and you know, ultimately I did. I, I actually, I don't think I ever. Uh, actually beat the final boss. Uh, I think I got to him and and was just so tired of like the dragon run up basically because I didn't kill the dragons. Obviously, I wasn't good enough for that. Um, I so I was like avoiding dragon cone fire blasts every single time I wanted to fight the boss. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> uh. And, and so, you know, like, uh, eventually I was like, well, at this point, YouTubes of the ending do exist. And I know this is the final boss. Let's just see what the endings are. And I did that. And uh, so that that was Demon Souls. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing, obviously. Like I was I, I was immediately like, 
okay, this is my favorite game series now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't like, even a series. It was just one game in 2009 yeah. at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, what was it about it that, that clicked with you? Because, um, you know, I played Demon's Souls the first for the first time as well and like spent 45 minutes in Boletaria and was like, nope, this game sucks. I never want to play this again. I'm never going to I'm never uh, going to touch this game ever, ever again. But like, what is it that, that grabs you and got you past that like initial hump that these games usually have? So this might be some editorializing like post facto because like obviously we have seen everything that came afterwards but I like I just I felt like a connection to the way that combat functioned like even then like uh so uh, I I think there are like two specific uh two specific lineages that I came out of as far as gaming that really made that game and all the ones that followed, but that one all as especially like sing for me was um, I had spent a very long time loving fighting games, but being terrible at them. Uh, and then also uh, a, a strong, strong love of survival horror back when in previous generations, back when that was a thing that was worthwhile. Um, and uh, so like from the fighting game perspective, like uh, I spent so many years just getting my ass kicked by people who were amazing. Um, and, you know, like through muscle memory eventually learning some stuff and so like you know when when you've played games where the the like the bell curve of failure is years um like souls don't seem that bad <laughs> <laughs> it seems easy in comparison uh, yeah, kind of a, a little bit. I mean, that's that's like jumping far ahead, but that I think that might be part of the reason why Sekiro does not piss me off like it does some people. Uh, uh, but but yeah, so you know, uh, the 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 fighting game stuff is like really help because because like I immediately saw I was like, oh, okay, every time you throw out. Uh, this slash attack, it's the same number of frames, the blocks are the same number of frames, you can frame count in this game. Like, it's not like Assassin's Creed, where when I push the attack button, like, Ezio does some attack maneuver that is a certain number of frames, but cannot be relied upon. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Which, by the way, is the reason I I can't play Assassin's Creed games, is (laughs) (laughs) is because I'm like trying to frame count in order to to do like tight stuff in combat with multiple people, and he's doing whatever he wants to do. Sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, so so yeah, I, I mean, it was still obviously a, a completely new way to think about games because like pretty much everything up to that point had me like blasting through. You know, like you you just like. Like uh, your devil may cries uh, or whatever. You you basically hit all the enemies as hard as you can, as fast as you can, and like a lot of games kind of fall back on that. I think, and and so this was something that was demanding that you take your time with every encounter, like not just bosses, everything, um, and and that was different. Um, and positioning was so important, and yeah. I, and and I, I will also point out that Souls Combat is, I think, probably closest to uh, like a 3D uh, fighting game, something like Soul Calibur. And I've always been extra terrible at those. So um, interesting because like Soul Calibur is one of those games that I've I like that was one of that was like a party game for me and my friends. And so I like I've got. Mm. I don't even know how many hours I've got across the first like two or three of those games. And I've never really thought to compare those it and dark souls kind of fighting system at all. Yeah. I, I mean, like obviously soul caliber is much more sophisticated because the fighting is all there is, but, but uh, on a very, very low level, I think it's just having that, that 3d plane. Cause like, 
you know, the the thing that I was using for for my comparison was was Street Fighter. Um, like that, that's where most of my fighting happened. So uh, that you know that that's what. Like when I was originally like, oh, you can frame count in this game. That's what I was thinking of was frame counting from Street Fighter Four, I think. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. That's 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 kind of how how uh, how that works. Um, I, I think that might be why I almost always fight locked on, also because it removes that axis. Um, and it's just like move forward, move back. You know <laughs> how many how many times have you asked for advice on a boss and someone told you, oh, you don't need to lock on anymore, and you're like, I don't know how to play oh. like that. <laughs> yes, all the time, all the time, and and usually I'm just like that. They'll say that, and I'll be like, fuck it, I'll figure it out my way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, playing Demon Souls way back when without you know before the guides really got started before the wiki really did anything um yeah it was i mean that 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 experience of just not knowing what the hell to do and then you know having the crutch of the internet removed from you did you know anybody like in real life that was playing or anybody online that you were like man what do i do in this dark ass swamp like i don't understand what i'm supposed to do yeah oh man uh latria um but uh no, I, I I knew nobody who played this game. Even even like my brother, who who is like a really big uh, video gamer. Uh, it's not really his speed. I don't think he even picked up a From game until Sekiro came out. Um, so like, and none of my friends played it. They were all playing like your Halos, your you know whatever. Call of Duty, I think, was really big at that time, um, as I recall. Uh, and, and so, like, everybody was was off playing the big brand games. Uh, my girlfriend was, I think, deep in her obsession with Mass Effect at that point. So, um, I, you know, I was frequently booted off of the PlayStation so that she could, you know, get back in with Commander Shepard. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was... It, it was romance rex get the fuck off the playstation oh <laughs> uh, it, it was it was always um um garris for her she's ah. she's a, a a big vicarian advocate um but uh yeah uh so so it was just me it was just me uh and and my obsession my madness uh but that's pretty typical for me i i've uh so Another thing with Souls games that that I think really drew me to them is that they're this is a weird thing to say but they're basically an occult video game um in the sense that you know like like uh the word occult actually means uh, to be occluded or covered up right um and so like uh, everything from the plot to you know some mechanics to like the you know correct methods for which to interact with this game are all occluded from you and you have to go and dig for them basically um and so you know i i I have said several places before that uh the internet basically ruined occultism like when uh, you know, I was like uh, a an amateur occultist in the late '90s and early 2000s. But like, when you could just download the Golden Bow off of the internet, it wasn't fun anymore. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like the fun of it was like I'd go to a used bookstore and I'd troll the occult section, looking, hoping that I would find some ancient tome that had like the real stuff in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was kind of the feeling that souls games kind of give you, you know, is like, you're, you're constantly like trolling the corners of this game, looking for the real stuff, whether that's like lorelets that you haven't discovered yet, uh, that like put, put the story together or put things in a new light for you or like, that one weapon that's going to help you to like totally like eviscerate the boss that's been like happily smashing you into the dirt for the last few hours. Um, so that was definitely like, uh, 
you know, it spoke my language as far as that stuff goes. Um, and I, I was happy to speak back, even if it was a huge time investment, because nothing else was saying it quite that way. Yeah, that's one of the more unique things about these games. And I think that like later games have gone on to emulate um, that that willingness to hide something from the player or like just yeah. allow the player to completely miss something. I keep I keep going back to Kanehurst and Bloodborne mm-hmm. because this is a triple A video game. It's a you know basically a first party you know platform selling video game, and they probably spent untold <laughs> amounts of money on Kanehurst, and it was just like yeah, if they happen to like go through here and like pick up this thing and crawl up this ladder and then go to this post and they'll get this whole other experience that. And you're like, holy shit, like you're not gonna like point an arrow to that? Like you gotta spend a bunch of time and yeah. money doing that. <laughs> yeah, Canhurst is the best. Bloodborne is probably my favorite Souls game. Uh or you know I, I really I really strongly dislike the the uh Soulsborne uh nomenclature, especially now that we have Sekiro and and like so like Bloodborne's probably my favorite FromSoft action RPG. We'll just say that. Um, and uh, Kanehurst is possibly my favorite area in that game. So uh, for that reason, and then also for the fact that uh, when you walk up to the gates and the gates open, at, like it, it's basically uh, framed to look exactly like a scene from the black and white Nosferatu. Um, they're like when, when, uh, the character enters Count Orloff's gate, uh, at the beginning of the movie, it looks almost exactly like Kanehurst. Um, so I, I, and I, I saw that I was like, Ooh, I get this reference. This is going to be fun. (laughs) 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 We're in bat country now, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um if you have that kind of Bloodborne is well I mean if you have that kind of um appreciation for those kind of movies and that kind of uh media, then Bloodborne like hit so many buttons for everybody, I think. Like just it just it just works so well. Yeah, and I I mean, you know, I grew up in like the height of the goth era, basically. Like when it was almost not an alternative lifestyle in high school, <laughs> like the the things at my school, and and uh, I, I was I was never like a fully out of the closet goth exactly. Like I still I wore a lot of black, like, you know the 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 eyeliner and all that stuff. Like uh, I wanted to, but I wasn't brave enough, basically. Um, uh, and, and so, like, I, I've always been very strongly attracted to the creepy and the weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, Bloodborne in particular definitely scratches that, that like, pumpkin king itch inside. It's like, I want to be creepy and weird and do really messed up things. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and obviously, at some point, I, I found H.P. Lovecraft, like, like, most uh nerds of my ilk have and uh so you know when when that part of bloodborne came through i was like oh this is like 120 percent my shit (laughs) about this game everything (laughs) yeah that twist is is something special like when you know you get to bergenworth and you start seeing like well these aren't werewolves or draculas like what is this and then you get a little deeper and you get to rom and you're like what the hell is happening and then of course the blood moon rising and then you're thrown into yarhagul and like everything is different all of a (laughs) sudden you're like wait a minute what video game am i playing like am i still is bloodborne still in the like blu-ray case or what what am i doing right now yeah yeah well well, what is even happening And, and it was like i was perfectly fine when i thought that it was bram stoker's bloodborne you know mm-hmm. but like when it turns out that it's hp lovecraft's bloodborne i was like oh a finer vintage most <laughs> e- <laughs> it sure is something special uh well, tell yeah. me about the the because we've skipped ahead to Bloodborne, but I want to go back to Dark Souls one because obviously there was oh, a, yeah, no, a, no. a, a two year gap between Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Had you heard like 
promo promotional material for that? Or like, were you excited about it, or was it something that just kind of came out of nowhere? What what was the what was the lead up to that? So for for that one, I had just moved into the Seattle area because, like, for for Demon Souls, I was still living in Olympia, um, which for people that aren't in the United States, maybe is the capital of Washington state, which is on the West coast. Um, I say all those things. Cause whenever I say I'm from Washington, people think I mean DC. Um, so I, I moved up to see, and, and I had like just moved into a two bedroom apartment in, in the area when the, I missed all the hype, all, all the promo stuff. It was like uh, a week or two beforehand i just finally logged on and was like hey what's going on everybody and and the the internet well, there's a demon sequel next week and i was like what <laughs> 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 so so you know i i didn't i didn't have time to like prepare or like gird myself for that <laughs> as it were <laughs> it was it was just like uh, I went in um, just right off. The- Obviously, I Demon Souls experience. So that was the first time I got to have that like big man on campus feeling where people are like, oh, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I already completed a whole game like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, as time has gone on, I've. I'm not learning that stuff over people because that's not it. But uh, at the time, it, it was like a real like badge of honor to have already gone through Latria and you know all of those places uh, in advance of Dark Souls. When like anyone who's only playing it on 360 was just like, I don't know what this is. I don't even know what's happening right now. Um, so. You know that that was that was fun. Um, so specifically with Dark Souls, though, I, I hear everyone talk about how uh, they they all end up going down into the crypts and fighting skeletons for untold eons before figuring out that uh, that's not the way to go. Yeah, I, I never had that problem. I I don't know. I I landed in Firelink, uh, and um, oh, let me back up a second. You know that spot uh, at the end of Undead Asylum where the giant crow flies up over the cliff? Uh, I I think that that image has been like seared into my mind because it comes up in fiction that I write. It comes up in like D and D adventures that I DM. It comes up all the time that the, the giant bird unfurling its wings, like something about that image has just like been indelibly burned onto my soul somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what that, what that's about, but, uh, 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 but anyway, back to Firelink, like I, I land there and the first thing I did was just look around in a big circle and, and uh, the thing from that spot where you land, the only thing that uh, stands out from like color gradient and things like that is the bridge. And so I was like, oh, I got to go that way. And I did. And so I, I hit Undead Berg like immediately. Um, and uh, I think the biggest problem I had in, the, in those, those early bits was that I, uh, uh, the timing for parries was completely different and it always is uh those bastards <laughs> like <laughs> just once just once could they not just have the shield parry timing just stay the same like i have to re-encounter the fight every single time they put out one of these games that's so obnoxious <laughs> every single time um, yeah um and and, uh, and uh so you know uh, I, I do recall uh, a couple of weeks after that game came out, uh, I was at a friend's house, uh, and I think I brought it with me. I don't think they owned Dark Souls, but I was like, here, let me show you what this game is like. Um, and I went through up to, like, uh, 
basically the first boss in Undead Berg, like the the, the Minotaur boss, mm-hmm. um, just to show them, you know, this is what the game is like if you want to try it out. Um, and and, and uh, up to the first bon, no, not the first bonfire, uh, the. You know the bonfire right before where they're like throwing all the fire bombs on that bridge, um, that yeah. is like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so I got up to that point without an enemy touching me, and it was like every single enemy was beaten by either a parry repost or a backstab, and I, I just like walked through. And one of the friends that was there has actually played Dark Souls before, and he was just like, Alex, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, how many hours have you sunk into this in order to be able to do this? <laughs> because, uh, and like, yeah, so like, I, I just like, you know, I, I, I did really well in that, that game up to a point. Um, because I I don't know what it is, but like parrying bosses is not a thing I ever think to do, despite the fact that I'm pretty good at parries, uh, actually. Um, so like for one thing, Gwyn was really hard for me where everyone else was like, oh yeah, piece of cake. It was like, not even a hard boss. It's just thematic. I was like, what are you talking about guy? (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah uh other things that stand out from that obviously uh getting stomped by capra was real rough for me like i got rolled by capra pretty hard uh uh i remember laughing uproariously the first time i saw the cutscene for the gaping dragon uh uh, I really like that's a real good example of like from soft sense of humor is that like cute little lizard head poking over the edge of the thing and then oh no what is it attached to oh dear um you know like <laughs> this like giant maw of teeth that just like roars over the cliff after that and you're like oh of course <laughs> 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 you gotta love those moments uh, right <laughs> yeah 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 that, that that's uh it's very fun to me i i like that that's very in line with my sense of humor so i've i've always appreciated that sort of thing um but uh yeah i i i'm pretty sure that i didn't actually beat that one until the announcement that dark souls 2 was coming out though like just life got in the way you know mm-hmm. um and i got really far uh, several times but like uh, like sometimes uh a, and this happens a lot later uh in the series but like sometimes if you put it down long enough you know the muscle memory kind of goes away uh and you have to like suck for a few hours to get back to competency or at least i do i don't know about other people i have no idea what you're talking about i'm a hundred percent dark souls player all the time (laughs) i definitely don't take a break from a sekiro boss and then come back and lose the first phase eight times in a row before i remember how to play the damn game (laughs) yeah 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 that yeah, well, well, you're 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 one hundred percent pro strats, Jeremy. So that's not surprising to me. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I will say, speaking speaking of which, I didn't at, re- interact with PvP like at all throughout this series, really, because um, I, I know that that uh, you were big on trolling people in PvP back in the day. That was uh, I was the sort of person that was turning the the internet connection to the game off to avoid you. <laughs> of course, yeah. that's how it usually works out. Don't feel bad. <clears throat> um, although I, ha- I have laughed very hard at, at many of your videos in, in retrospect, so I, I got that experience vicariously. Um, uh, but uh yeah so so uh, yeah i i didn't actually like commit to beating dark souls one until dark souls two was uh being announced um and i i distinctly remember especially because i had so much trouble with gwen um 
there was a, a thought in my head because I hadn't actually beaten Demon Souls either. I, I had quit out on the final boss of that as well. Um, and I, I do remember thinking, am I even the sort of person that beats a Dark Souls game? Um, and when I, I finally beat him, it, it was like, it, weirdly life affirming like that sounds ridiculous but but no, like you know it, it was like it was like it it was like climbing your first mountain you know it was like oh i can do this like you know uh i i'm you know i i'm the sort of person that can beat a dark souls game i i have done it now um and you know uh, so Dark Souls Two comes out, and like, uh, I, uh, I, I didn't have like the immediate like strong negative reaction to it that other people did, but like, running is a little weirdly floaty in that game, and like the the fighting animations are are a little like off somehow, like. Both Demons and Dark Souls were different, but had, like, attack animations that, that felt right in both cases, even if they were different. And and some of the attack animations in Dark Souls 2 were a little, a little Nerf Sword-esque, I think. Um, uh, and, and so it, it wasn't bad. It just kind of threw me off. Um, and, uh... And oh, so here's another thing that that uh, is like really weird for me that comes up all the time is is that I almost never play the DLCs for for Dark Souls games. Like uh, in most cases, it's because I beat them before the DLCs come out, and I don't have a player character who is like in the prime spot to enter the DLC because I've gone into new game plus and I do not want to do the DLC in the, in like my first time through a new game plus that just sounds so painful. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, I usually end up like buying them and then never experiencing that content. Like uh, I don't think I've ever actually fought a Taurus. Oh really? Like, yeah. Yeah. So uh like uh the the only exception to this is is uh bloodborne but we'll get to that in in just a second i'll i'll we already talked about it a bit so i'll go over it very quickly but um <laughs> um so yeah i've i've never fought atorius uh or any of the bosses from atorius of the abyss uh i i've never done any of the scholar of the first sin stuff uh, like except for like a very tiny little um and uh, I did most of the DLC stuff for Dark Souls 3, uh, except for that last DLC. Uh, what was that one called? The Something of Ashes or whatever? Was um, it? Ashes of Ariandel? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, The Ring City. The Ring City. Oh, That's The Ring City. Yeah, yeah, that was the last one. Ashes was the first one. <clears throat> Yeah, it was the first one. I did do Ashes. I did not do Ring City because I, I heard I heard the uh, like the the last boss of Ashes was so so brutal and and everyone was like, yeah, it's more of that. And I was like, nah, I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm good, guys. <laughs> uh, so I, I I never did Ashes or Ring City. Rather, are you um? Are you are you tempted to go back? Like, I mean, if you've never like the Artorias boss fight is such a like a well known and well praised boss fight. Like, are you yeah. ever tempted to go back? Like with the remaster that came out, and be like, this is going to be my time. I'm going to do every single bit of content I can get my hands on. I I have sworn that more than once, and and then uh, I, because the rest of the content is so well trod for me, um, I I almost always get distracted before I actually get there. Um, cause, cause if there was a, a, like a button where I could say, jump me straight to 
uh, a Taurus of the Abyss, please, uh, and give me a pre-generated character that's kind of appropriate for that area. Uh, I would do that in a heartbeat, but I'd have to play like a good chunk of Dark Souls One in order to get there, you know? Yeah. Um, and and I I've done that probably hundreds of times already, and like. Dark Souls ain't the only video games I play, so like, like something else almost always comes out before I can get to that spot, and and uh, I I just lose track again. I I've tried a couple of times, but I got it on Switch now, so maybe this is the one. Maybe this, this is the time. Is yeah, the one. <laughs> yeah, I've been um I didn't I never expected to get a Switch, but I got one for Christmas, and uh, I still haven't bought Dark Souls mm. for it because I. I don't know. Like I, I like the idea of it on handheld, but I've got it on PS4, and I just I feel like that's a yeah. Like Dark Souls is my like sit down on the couch and give it my all uh, kind of game, as opposed to like playing it on a bus or or whatever. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I feel I feel yeah, conflicted it, about buying that game. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's 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 really bad on a bus. I will tell you that much. I have played it on a bus before. That is not a good game to play on the bus. Uh, because like either you will miss your stop or you will be uh, right at your seat and the people next to you are like what are you doing you crazy person um uh cuz i i don't know about y'all out there uh both Jeremy and the listeners in listener land but uh i i uh <laughs> am quite verbose and uh very uh pronounced in my volume when i play souls games <laughs> <laughs> i've gotten to the point where um it's it's kind of a zen experience for me uh like by the time like yeah. born or dark souls 3 rolled around like it was just like okay yeah like these are you're, i'm i have died so many times and i've lost so many souls like um they they give me soul items and i'd i need to break my habit of not using yeah. those and those kind of things but uh mm. when they when they ratchet up the like the boss HP and put in multiple phases and stuff like that, that like I would as a younger guy, I would get angry about stuff like that in video games. Mm. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I'm just, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm not going to do this. And it's, it's weird what I've, I've kind of picked and chosen. Like I'm not going to ever do sister freed without, uh, without summons like i'm just not going to do that fight and uh same thing with yeah. Madeir. like i'm never going to fight madir like i'm just not i'm just not going to do it <laughs> versus something like Sekiro, where i spent four hours on the last boss and and won it it was like yay and now i like have plans to do it again for some reason and i have no idea why because <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do it's what we do um yeah no uh, i know i know what you mean like i kind of i kind of vacillate between those states of like incandescent rage and like like perfect zen meditation and i it's always in the zen state that i actually beat the boss because like obviously you're thinking clearly and uh, i've said many times that like this is especially for porn but it's true for out the entire series that every boss fight in uh soul games is basically a staring con you and the dev where they're like, all you got to do is this one simple task, but you can't blink while you do it. And you're like, oh, I could do that. And, and, you know, the dev's like, can you, though? And just, like, sits down and stares at you real creepily, usually, with really intense music going in the background. Um, and uh, you blink a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, kind of have to. <laughs> obviously... <laughs> It's really hard not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, uh, I, I know what they're trying to get me to do and the way they're trying to get me to panic with some of these moves. And I know I shouldn't, but brain things are like, run away, run away. <laughs> so. Interesting. Yeah, that, that was especially pronounced in, in, in Bloodborne. So. Yeah, that's, um. Yeah. it's, it's, you know, I think Bloodborne is when like those those kind of things you start having to get into that mode of where you can just relax and know yeah. and expect every single move and counter it and all of that stuff. Like that feels like the game that really started that trend. Yeah. So, tell me about um, yeah, like your feelings, your, your feelings on the story of, of these games. Like you know, you started when Demon Souls was out and there wasn't really a YouTube presence for it, and obviously that's completely changed yeah. in 2019, where you know we've got 
just just before games come out we've got mm-hmm. 45 minute lore speculation videos and some of my friends do those so i'm not like dogging all those people it's just yeah. kind of funny uh where, where do you fall in like are you a big appreciator of the story and the way that it tells the story or do you not even pay attention to that stuff yeah i i'm i'm pretty appreciative of those stories a little sad that uh sekiro is uh, much more cinematic in its storytelling style. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of those those like samurai move movie moments in the cutscenes are quite dope, but like uh, it, it's still a very like normal way for a video game to tell a story. And like the the sort of like piece by piece, you put it together in your mind stuff that uh, Soul has always commonly done was so unique and fascinating and like kind of avant-garde uh that it it seems a real shame for for them to like step away from that but uh, especially when like i i feel like pretenders to the throne are mostly like oh people like these games because of difficulty or or even like uh, the certain like they they get like that there's a certain tactile feel to the games, but I I, I feel like the the uh, as as uh, it has been said the uh, archaeology minigame is entirely missed, uh, you know where where you're like sifting through like cracked bits of old stuff looking for these little short stories so that you can like string them together and come up with uh a a fairly rich like uh uh worldview of what's happening in this space that you're crawling through like that's that's super fascinating um and and like uh, i i i don't really see even other souls likes really attempting that per se like that that part of it is just gone, and I feel like From is also stepping away from it. So I feel like there's like a huge gap for someone in games to like use this stuff. Um, but who knows if if it'll get picked up or not? It's interesting because um, like it's it, it's you would think that it would be simpler to write um, a, a a more straightforward narrative because you. You know, yeah. you have things that you were doing in a narrative that <clears throat> you have a main character. You know, they have a they have a problem. We need to fix the problem somehow. They have friends, or they have enemies, or whatever. Like it's it's a pretty basic thing, and you like, think it would be more difficult to create this kind of like emergent storyline where you can, you know, it feels like you ha- you're reading a history book with the pages ripped out. And I'm I'm curious yeah. if that's if that's actually the case or not because it, playing Sekiro. Like I'm definitely like they wanted to go. You mentioned cinematic, but I think they wanted it to be, uh, if not simple, then very straightforward. I think they were probably mm-hmm. tired of people mm-hmm. like, okay, I, we're we're doing all of this stuff and we're basically hiding it. Like I just want to tell the story, and I'd, I'd be curious which one like they seem they prefer internally, or if it's or if it's just like this is the design of the game from on high, and this is what we're doing. I've always been kind of curious about that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why Zachary is different from that front. I've I've heard that uh, as far as like storytelling goes, there's actually a lot of new people involved with Zachary. So it could just be like new blood has different ideas about like the best way to present a story along those lines. Um, I mean, you know, obviously some high up people are are still involved. Um, like Miyazaki's still there and all that, but. Uh, um so i i've heard about that but but also like yeah i i'm not sure i'm i'm not sure if it's if it's that or or what um i i do know that like culturally speaking uh, um and this isn't my culture so i don't want to speak too out of turn here but i i have heard that like things that are obscure in some way are are seen as more beautiful in Japan, then, like I, I heard this from someone who was Japanese. So, uh, was they they said that like you know, a moon that is beautiful to a Westerner is like a bright full moon that you would look up in the sky and be like, oh, what a beautiful moon. Um, but they said that in in Japan, uh, a beautiful moon is a 
a thin sliver of a crescent moon that's partially hidden behind clouds, and that that is is what is beautiful. Um, and I think that might speak to where this like hiding the the story sort of sense might have come from is like that mindset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where where like that that like mystery that is slowly revealed to you being beautiful is is like culturally uh uh part of who they are um whereas obviously americans are like yeehaw right up front please um <laughs> that uh that brings us rather neatly into one of my favorite questions to ask on the show which is uh mm. with, with all of that in mind like what is your like ideal from software game like they've gone from Bloodborne, which was that weird gothic, terrifying mm-hmm. horror, to something like Sekiro, which is a very straightforward setting and um, a very straightforward story, but with a you know a much different combat system, getting away from role playing elements and leaning yeah. way towards the you know third person character action game almost, um, not almost like leaning all the way into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your yeah. like? What's your if you if you could? That's I think I've, as I always ask like what. what if you could whisper in Miyazaki's ear as he sleeps and, and he could wake up with your idea in his brain, what, what would it be? <laughs> I, I, Oh, I, yeah, it, it's it. I, I mean, ultimately, like, like I said, like Bloodborne was so completely my thing that I think they already made that game. Like <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I, 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 I already got, I already got mine. I, I got, uh maria of the astral clock tower y'all are good to have whatever you want now <laughs> <laughs> so you know like like i i i'm content to be surprised at this point uh so what um yeah do you think that playing these games has as change the way that you uh, approach video games or approach things in your life at all? Like has these games made some sort of change upon you that would be, um, that, that has altered the way that you approach anything else, I should say. Yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean. Uh, yes, I, I, I do think so. Um, uh, one, one thing I, I've said many times that I do think that, that this series has definitely taught me patience in in all things, um, like like that Zen state that we were talking about before is something that I I I feel in other places in my life, places where I would normally get frustrated or impatient. Uh, the thing that claws me back to uh, a more serene place when I'm playing souls is something that does transfer outside of that space for me, you know, where uh, I'm like, why am I really frustrated about this? Is this really something worth getting frustrated? That sort of mindfulness of, of, of myself that, that I, to a large degree did develop playing dark souls game. Um, it's definitely something that is, has uh, come into other parts of my life. And like, uh, I do think like, you know, the, there's a really strong, like constant through line of every one of these from games uh, striving against seemingly impossible odds. Um, And like there, there's something very, very kind of profound in that like 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 i said when you know beating dark souls one it was like life affirming right and 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 like uh i i feel that way uh, about all of it all the time where where it's you know if i am a person who can beat dark souls then i'm definitely a person who can do all of these things for work who can do all my friends that need me who can do all of these things like it doesn't matter how how hard or overwhelming or anything in your life you can do it you, um you know nice i think that's like, like you know if you're going to take any lesson from a video game that should be the that should, that's a good one to take right 
Yeah. Just, you know, don't give up, skeleton. <laughs> hey, wait, wait a minute. It's my line, man. You're stepping on my lines. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for uh, getting up relatively early on a Saturday morning and um, sharing your story with me and the listeners. I, I very much appreciate you coming on and guesting. Hey, no problem, man. This is my absolute. Yeah. Can you uh, tell the listeners where you can be found on the internet? Should they choose to stalk you or track you down? <laughs> well, uh, I am on uh, at. Uh... Oh, what is my Twitter handle? Gosh, that's <laughs> not good. At, at Pax Tenebrae, if you can spell it, it's P A X T E N E B R A E. Good luck with that one, everybody. Um, and and uh you know i i also uh do have a podcast of my own it has been in hiatus for about a year but if people are interested in doctor who uh that is another obsession of my life lifelong obsession um and that is uh rachel and alex versus the hooniverse which comes up if you google it so um uh but yeah, uh, so those are, are the places if people do wish to encounter more of my mad ramblings, you will find me there. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much again for guesting. I, I very much appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. Uh, that website has links to various ways for you to support the show. If you'd like to donate to the Patreon, uh, that's there's a link there for that, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, if you if you are donating to the Patreon, then you are getting an exclusive podcast. I'm going back through and re-interviewing my original guest and kind of talking to them about the changes in From Software and Dark Souls and Sekiro and all that stuff. So uh, go check that out. It's available for pretty much all patrons. Uh, I would very much appreciate that iTunes reviews and all that stuff is also very much appreciated. Uh, and thank you to, for just listening. I, I, and I just can't explain or even identify how much it means to me that so many people are listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back with another great guest next week. And until then, remember, don't give up skeleton. Mm-hmm.